Hey friends, welcome or welcome back to the Swoon Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Naz, and today I will be reviewing my liberation notes with my friend Jess from the Daybot K Rambles podcast. Hey, Jess. Hey, girl. It's so good to be back. Thank you for having me back. The last time I was here was for Fight for My Way, and yes. that was so much fun. So it was. But you got me on a really, like, it's November when we're recording this, and the show is like very moody. And I was like, yes. you got me in my feelings yes this holiday yes. season <laughs> yes i was like fall is for my liberation notes it's like the perfect time like all the moody shows for fall so i was like it's the perfect time to do this show so thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you so much for having me i love being here yes so glad to have you back um so first i'm gonna start with the k ketchup per usual so jess what have you been watching this is the most that I've watched in a long time. I took a long yeah. break and I was watching this, watching that here and yeah. there, but not really focused on watching dramas. Well, I hit the ground running since this is, I'm watching four shows at the same time. That's that's a lot for me. So I'm watching. It really is. And you really have been watching a lot. I was like, Jess is really I like, am, she's back yeah. in there. <laughs> I'm watching Romance on the Farm, which is a sea drama. Mm -hmm. And that one is about a video game that, you know how like they have VR and augmented reality and stuff, but it's yeah. like your consciousness is inserted into the game Ooh. and you can touch and feel and everything. And all of the player, the other like non-playable characters are like real and tangible. So you're basically inserted into this digital world and she's having like this romance on the farm and she's got these quests that she has to complete and she has to get all this like one quest that she has to go on is basically earn a thousand uh, pieces of gold, tales of gold. Uh-huh. And she's like, how much is that? And so she has to like figure out how much things are worth in the game in this world. And she's like, oh my God, that's like a small fortune. So that's like her first goal in the game. And it's really fun. And it's kind of romantic. It's a slow burn. And you got Ooh. this like male lead who you're like, oh my God, I hope they this ends well. Because obviously this is a game. This is a uh, right. like video game character not right. a real person right. that she's oh. like, having this romance Whoa. with oh, so, okay oh the guy's in the game yes. okay so I thought that he was like another person playing the game and they were like no. playing well it hasn't I, where I am in the in the show I ha haven't yeah. been revealed if okay. he's another player but it looks like he's not so far wow. so you're like who could it be is it like the developer of the game is it right. like somebody else playing this character and we didn't know this whole time so we don't know it's very up in the air right now but i love it so far it's really easy watch i'm yeah. also watching back from the brink which is a, another sea drama it's a uh -huh. shansha Okay. And this one came out earlier this year. So many people told me to watch it. I remember being on TikTok and people were like, are you watching Back from the Brink? And like desperately asking me if I'm watching the show. And I'm like, no. Like <laughs> I was doing <laughs> all the things. your bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. So I'm finally watching it. Another 2023 show. Mm -hmm. I just finished Duna. Okay. What did you think? Early. <laughs> I don't, so this is a little spoiler for the Duna podcast as I'm recording yes. it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is, oh, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh, my gosh. It is the most boring show I have <laughs> probably watched in a long time. You know what's funny, though, is I remember when you posted on your story, you're like, <laughs> so I'm on episode four of Duna, and you're like, so when does it get good? <laughs> Literally. I was 
Seagal just doesn't like it. I was literally questioning how people can sit here and watch this with a straight face because it's <laughs> it's almost like a joke. Like it, I don't know because it's all Bay Susie is literally just smoking ten packs a day, <laughs> literally, though. and acting aloof and like has all this trauma, but they never get into the trauma. You're just like, oh yeah, she's like a damaged K-pop star enough said like it's like okay no not enough said like what else is there (laughs) and I don't know it was I didn't feel the chemistry it it was a lot of things compounded but I finished the show yeah I never review anything unless I've watched it all the way through yeah don't skip anything I don't. Mm-hmm. This one I didn't even fast forward. I didn't even use like the Netflix feature or the plug-in to on speed Chrome it up or anything. Up. Yeah. I just watched it raw all the way through. I was like, damn, this, <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> oh my I have God. to know. I mean, everything you're saying is <laughs> right. You're like, I don't like the show, but I, I mean I skipped like all this all these scenes, but no, I get it. No, I no. have integrity. Yeah. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, so duna (laughs) and then the last thing i left the best thing for last is my dearest oh my gosh girly girly (laughs) (laughs) so i'm watching i haven't because of um some other watches that i've been doing Mm -hmm. um i haven't finished part one yet i'm at episode eight of part one And what was happening was I was watching it too fast. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can just finish up part two real fast. And then I was like, wait, they haven't finished airing it. There's still more to come. And Mm -hmm. now I hear they're extending the show to 17 episodes. And I was like, oh, no, I got to like slow down. So that's why I actively was like, okay, let me slow my roll on this and – you That's why get through Duna and you know, yeah, <laughs> watch some tea drama for a minute, and then I'll finish my dears. This is so good. It's so rich. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad yeah. you like it. I'm I love so it. Happy. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. I'm so happy. <laughs> that makes my heart glad. <laughs> I know because you've been such an advocate for it, and you've been asking people to watch it and you've been giving your yes. thoughts and I'm like, I know I'm there. I'll get there when I get there, and now I'm finally here, and I'm like trying to slow the momentum so that I can yeah. savor it a bit longer, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's wise, though, because it's not something you want to rush through. Like, it's definitely not like a binge because it's just a lot going on and it yeah. just gets very intense. So I I totally agree with that. And like, I just – so the show, the original run was supposed to be 20 episodes and then they just added one more. So yeah. we're getting 21. So I I'm don't very- necessarily ever agree that that's a good idea. Same here. Same here. I was nervous at first, but then I was like, given like the story, I was like, maybe they could use one more episode. Mm. So yeah. Well, everyone always clamors for one more episode to see more of the happy ending. But if yeah. there is a happy ending, I mean, I'm not saying, right. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea either. Which is what's cool about the show to me is like, yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. So yeah, we'll see. I genuinely no. Yeah, oh, I don't know. That's what I like. <laughs> I love Surprise that. Surprise me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited to hear Duna review when it okay. comes out. Yeah, that, that should be a really fun review, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 
you great. It's always the best when you you watch a show that's not your favorite because you just have the most like insightful like yeah. Things. There's like some something about like the clarity that comes with you don't like a show and you can yes. pinpoint exactly why you don't like it. Yes, that yes. there's so much clarity that comes with watching. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I hate watched it because I was so indifferent. I was just like right. It was such a flat line of a show. You know, it's like everything you said was like, it's, it's valid for sure. Like, it's not the most exciting show. But for some reason, I just found it super engaging. I don't know why, but I'm interested to hear like your like specific critique. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will definitely be working myself up for that episode. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't wait to hear what my guest thought as well, because I got Liliana from Tea and Soju, and I have oh. Sammy from Korean from Context slash BL Buddies. Oh, they're the ones fun. who wanted to do an episode on it. I was like, I'll watch it, but I don't know about doing an episode. And they were like, please have us on to do an episode. So I was like, okay. Then at four episodes in the show, I was regretting my decision of <laughs> saying yes to do an episode. <laughs> Because I would have dropped that show like a bag of hot nickels otherwise. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, darn it, I have to do an episode on yeah. it. Stuck. <laughs> I've been there. I understand. I understand. <laughs> what are you watching right now? Um, So I'm watching My Dearest, as you know, Obsessed. Um, But I also started Castaway Diva last weekend because that just premiered. Really liking it so far. Um, oh. I had no intentions of watching it at first. Um. Because the premise seemed weird to me, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. I should have never doubted Park Eun-bin. Like, she's yeah. just so good. So she wouldn't attach herself to something just kind of lackluster. So I really like it so far. And then also um, Perfect Marriage Revenge, was, which was a complete wild card. It's like a makjong. I was going to ask if it's a makjong because it sounds it like is. one's a title. It, it, yeah, right. Sung Hoon is in it. So that's why I'm watching it. And I started it and I was like, you know what? This is a mess, but I'm here for it. I'm going to keep oh. going. Nice. All right. Oh, just those? Just those? Yeah, things? just those. Yeah, oh, which okay. is like a small amount for me, but for you, it's yeah. fall. Yeah. So I'm trying to like slow down a little bit and like fit in some old shows and stuff and just mm-hmm. like relax a little bit. Yeah. So I've just been always watching a lot all the time. So I'm like, this yeah. is fine. Three is good. Give your brain um, a break. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because, you know, give myself time to like read during the week and mm. do other things. So it's it's nice. Um, and I also wanted to shout out Golden by Jungkook came out yesterday at the time we we're recording this. Have you listened to it, Jess? No, girly, I have not. I heard like bits and pieces and it sounds really good. I just mm-hmm. don't come for me. I just don't feel the urgency to oh, yeah, no. hear the music and watch the videos oh, yeah, no. and... I, I don't know. Oh, no. Well, Sorry. I, I'll never come for you for <laughs> okay. that. No, like I um, I was nervous about the album because I didn't love 7 and 3D. Um, and so I was like, I don't know what the rest of this thing's going to sound like. Mm. But I listened to it and I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is so good. Like 7 and 3D were like, com- like you know, there, it was I don't know if it was like diversions or whatever you want to call it. But it was just like compared to the rest of the album that those two songs are just completely different from like the rest. Um, oh. So yeah, I really like it a lot. It's really, really good. It's like okay. a solid pop album. So I'm very proud of him. It, it came together really well. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Mini review. Yes. Yes. A little mini review. Yes. 
Um, okay, so let's get into my liberation notes. I'm so excited. And just to give you guys some background, I knew I had to have Jess on for this episode because she wrote this beautiful blog post for my liberation notes last year. I'm going to put it in the description box. This was like so good. And I was like, if I do a my liberation notes episode ever, like Jess has to be on because we're Aww. here. Like she gets it. So <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about it with you. Thank you. That blog post is really long and I was just telling you before we got on that that was like a different person <laughs> like last year <laughs> who watched my liberation notes and wrote that extensive blog review and I was reading it back and I was like this is so eloquent who is this person <laughs> who wrote this <laughs> because I get you know we all go through seasons and changes yes. in life and I guess last year I was really comfortable with writing an entire thesis <laughs> on <Yeah>. my liberation <laughs> notes <laughs> This year, I'm like, I got less words. Like, I'm struggling to write things like that. So <laughs> you just got to give yourself a little grace. But I was surprised yeah. at myself. <laughs> it was it was impressive. It was thorough. Like, it was so good. So, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> so let's get into the rundown. I don't remember where I got this from. It might It's from Wikipedia or my drama list, one of those two. Um. Set in the fictional Sampo village in Gyeonggi-do, My Liberation Notes tells the story of three siblings and a mysterious stranger who want to escape from their dead-end lives. So Yeom Mi-jong is played by Kim Ji-won, who you may have seen in Fight for My Way, Love Struck in the City, and The Heirs, just to name a few. Mr. Gu is played by Son So-koo, who is in DP 1 and 2, Big Bet, as well as Matrimonial Chaos, and he actually starred in Matrimonial Chaos with the next star, um, E.L., who played Yeom Ki-jong, who was in Goblin, Happiness Battle as well. And Have you seen clips Chaos. of them in that show that they were in together? No. I saw one a few months ago, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Like, he gets drunk or something at their engagement or wedding party, and he's, like, all over her and really handsy and keeps, like, wanting to kiss her for the cameras because they're, uh-huh. they have, like, a thing, a ceremony happening. And I was like, this is really weird, and, like, I want to know the history of this, and I need to, like, get oh into gosh. this. Yeah. So I ha- it left me with more questions than answers, but interesting to see them as a couple. Right. That would be very interesting to see. Because, yeah, I like I, I looked up the show and I was just like, I need to watch this because that would be very interesting seeing them as a couple. So. Yeah, I was literally like, Mr. Goo? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And this was actually my first show with him. So I feel oh. like I could we'll just always see him as Mr. Goo and whatever else I see him in, even his backlist. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, Mr. Goo. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. And Yum Chang Hee is played by Eamon Hee, who was in Because This Is My First Life, Behind Your Touch, which, which is a drama that came out this year. That was so much fun. It was so good. And The Beauty Inside, just to name a few. So, Jess, when you first started um, My Liberation Notes, like, what did you think about it? I thought it was extremely different. And there was nothing sort of conventional about it. It is... Not for everybody. It's not a drama that everybody will get into. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I think the drama was pretty unsettling to me, but in a a good way. Like it made you think. Mm -hmm. It made you sort of rock back on your heels and think about life and why you're living and what emotions you are 
maybe trying to block off that mm-hmm. things that you're trying to heal through. Mm-hmm. And I don't go about my life as a smiling, happy person all the time. Right. I'm not sure anybody does, mm-hmm. but I do feel content and satisfied and supported by those around me, like my family and everything. And that's right. something that the main characters don't have. They mm-hmm. all feel unhappy, unsupported, discontent, dissatisfied. And yeah. it was really, I found it kind of difficult and challenging to put myself in their shoes and empathize with them on this journey, which is like very internalized, mm-hmm. not like everything is happening around them, all these plot points and things. Not much happens in the show. Right. You know, it's all about perspective and how they are conversing with people in their lives and going about their jobs and dealing with sort of like little things that it's almost like the princess and the pea, mm-hmm. you know, these little things yep. that add up yeah. over time. And it's hard to watch. I think it's not an, it's very difficult to watch it. And I think all, you should watch it and try to feel as intensely as possible and try to empathize with these characters and, it's it's hard because I don't have their outlook. Right. You know, I don't have their attitude toward life. Right. But I found that it was – the dialogue was extremely layered and rich and colorful. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I was eating a five-course meal, but the five-course meal had like, like small portions. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If that makes any sense. Yes. Um, it's the same writer as my mister. Oh, okay. And if you've watched My Mister, that's also a very difficult show. But if you kind of get through it and glean stuff from it, it is one of the best K-dramas that you will Mm -hmm. ever watch, in my opinion. It's really masterfully written. It's all in the script to me and less about, you know, these really flashy performances from yeah. these actors. It's all very subtle. And it's not a light drama. It's not full of these comforting tropes. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're looking for in a K-drama, see yourself out because this is yeah, not for you. Not it. Yeah. yeah. This was all about existential crises. It's deeply yep. melancholy and yep. probing. And I hesitate to like recommend it, but I think that I'll go ahead and say that I would personally. Mm-hmm. It was – very like a stretching exercise for me to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very deep. Like, I don't think it's surface level at all. Not at all. Yeah. So those are my general thoughts about the show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You put that so beautifully. That was, that was really, really good. Um, (laughs) Really, really good. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are and revisiting some of the, some of the parts in the show for this podcast. Absolutely. Um, so I first watched the show when it was airing last April and Oriel and I did a lover list for it. And I was like, this is so different, but I love that. I, cause I, I really do enjoy um, slice of life mm-hmm. and, but I was still finding my taste at the time because um, this is so pretty early in my K-drama watching, mm-hmm. but this, I feel like this show solidified my love for slice of life 
But then it also taught me that there's levels. <laughs> there's levels. There um, are. Yeah. Because there's like, there's, yeah, because this is, this is a type of slice of life that's minute by minute. Mm. Like you're following them from the moment they wake up, getting on the bus, getting on the train, being at work, coming home, eating dinner in silence with their family, to go like just like Monotonous. minute by minute. Yeah. And it's like you get this every episode. And that's mm-hmm. when I learned like, oh, like slice of life doesn't just mean one thing. It's like there's different levels to it. Yeah, and this, this is like is... the really slow kind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. And then also with uh, these, I like the word that she used, like probing, like when it comes to like kind of like the thoughts that the characters were having. Because I found Mijong to be relatable, not every aspect of her, because mm-hmm. I think it's evident that she is depressed. She's experiencing some like like de- some sort of like depression because it's I mean, she's expressed things like I don't even know why I was born. Like, I don't know why I'm here. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um Clearly, she's not in a really good headspace, but I found her relatable because she was very introverted, <clears throat> and yeah. I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. but not to the level that she is. There's levels of introverts. I, I there's know definitely there levels yeah. of introvert. Yeah, there's de- definitely levels of introversion, but kind of like the things that she would think about and like the situations that she would be in, and you can see like the awkwardness. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's very relatable. So I found like a lot of the thoughts that these characters were having were thoughts that like people wouldn't necessarily say out loud, mm. but like they would express it out loud to each other. And you're like, wow, like I would never say that out loud, but that's something I've thought before, you know? So I thought it was very interesting in that way. And then I think something else that also stuck out to me when I started the show was the family dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Because it was odd. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Um, Super strange. It's so unnerving. It was so like, almost disturbing to watch all the fam- them together, especially at like the dinner scenes. Like you oh. know, we've seen so many K dramas with you know families sharing a meal together and they're yeah. talking and they're laughing and they would literally eat in silence. And we got like a dozen scenes in this show of the family eating in silence and like people talking and like no one would respond. Yeah. Like they would talk to the dad, he would st- not respond. So, like sometimes you know the mom would ask me John a question and she would just stare at her like. Things like that would happen all the time or the siblings wouldn't even really, it's like they didn't even like each other. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very, it was almost disturbing watching their very dysfunctional family dynamic. Correct. Yeah. Is your family at all similar to theirs with that? No. Dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, do y'all like, what is this? Like y'all live in silence. Don't talk to each other. Like what is going on? Like, you know, Kijong and Mijong would just walk past each other, like on the driveway as if the other person didn't exist, like just odd. <laughs> like some, it, that's a sign. If this happened in my family, I would know something was terribly wrong. We were in the tro- twilight yes. zone or something like that. Yeah. It, w- it was wild to see mm-hmm. such a lifeless family. Yes. Yes. And they were, you could see that they were all dealing with their own like issues and they all had this like deep inner sadness that was expressed in different ways from like each sibling Mm -hmm. and even the parents but it's like you guys don't even you don't talk to each other about how you feel or anything like it was just yeah none like none and even when like chan he would be the only one to like initiate anything and he would be shut down almost instantly every time so it was very interesting it's kind of gross because you see the family how it is and the way that even a little bit of communication is 
shot down. Mm-hmm. It's almost no wonder that the kids, these adult kids, yeah. are struggling so much. Yeah. Right? Like to me, it's like, oh, no wonder they're they're so unhappy and yeah. and sort of disjointed and not able to cope with sort of social situations sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's especially true for me, Jung. Yeah. And I think I had written in my review, my blog review, about their commute. Mm-hmm. That it is like a three-hour commute every day. Yeah. An every hour and a half day. to Seoul, an hour and a half back to Sampo. Yeah. And that is soul-sucking. I don't know if you've had yeah. to commute that long before, but yeah. – it's like yeah, commute like your work commute. It's it's like a quality of life. Yes, thing. yes. Like so, that's already half the battle. They're all d- exhausted from their commute. Yeah, yeah. It's draining and frustrating and stressful. Mm-hmm. And um, I had that. Ha- I've witnessed that firsthand with my mom, who used to mm-hmm. commute to Miami every day. Which I don't know if you've ever driven in South Florida, but it's like a different country down there. So add to that the commute. Oh my goodness. Of three hours every day. And it was really hard for her. And she just did that for 20 years. And she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they moved out of South Florida. <laughs> and like, that oh was goodness. that. And she's so much more happy with not only the job that she has, but just the commute time and the way right. that, you know, the people are, Miami people are rude. Yeah. That's, you don't have to argue with me. It's not an opinion, it's a fact. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's not an opinion. Not an opinion. It's a fact. People are rude in South Florida. And, you know, it was just a, a weight lifted off of her shoulders. And so yeah. much – she has so much better mental health now. I don't know, mm-hmm. think that she would say that, but she's so much in a, in a – she's in a better place now. Yeah. Partly because she's not commuting three hours every day. So. Right. That'll suck the life out of anybody. Yeah. It's terrible. So – the alternate title that I put on this show was Buses, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> because that's literally their entire day is literally spent. Yeah. 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 Their whole day is like like centered around their commute. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna stay out late. Oh, we're gonna have to like take we'll a cab. cab. Tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like everything is centered around going, like, how are we going to get home? Like that's mm-hmm. literally like their whole mm-hmm. life. Just trying to figure out how they're going to get home. Like, yeah. Yeah. And where oh. so much of the show is not about the destination, it's about yeah. the journey. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like it's huge that there's like this commuter theme running through the show. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. that's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> Could you picking out themes? Thank you. Yeah, I, that's really, <laughs> but yeah, genius. Love it. So good. <laughs> so um, it's not a happy show. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And like just said, like, it's not something I would necessarily recommend to like everyone. It's this not, is not for, a, for amateur K-drama watchers. Yeah. I feel. This is for people yeah. who have maybe watched a few and watched a few slice of life dramas, mm-hmm. um, maybe watched these actors in some other drama before yeah. watching this. Exactly. Exactly. Because it definitely is an acquired taste. It's very different. And like, so different. we'll get into some scenes later because there were some even scenes that were bizarre. I was yeah. like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I have one of those scenes too that I remember that I was like, what is this? I don't, there's no explanation. Anyway. <laughs> right. No, we'll get to it. Um, let's talk about some of our characters. So let's talk about um, Mijong first. Okay. So what did you think about her? 
Mijong is really difficult to get a handle on because she and Mr. Gu as well, like by extension, Mr. Gu, because Mm -hmm. she is so like, I don't think that I related to her at all Mm -hmm. until she started giving some really profound statements in her voiceover and stuff. And one of them was, um, she said, I want all of us to live happily with not so much as a crease on our hearts. Mm. And it wasn't so she said that, and I'm sorry, I don't remember which episode she said that in, but yeah. um, it struck a chord with me when she said that. And it, the I think it was when she said she pretends to be a loved woman, mm. a woman who is loved, so that work and life is just basically bearable. Wow. It tells me that she's not loved even by her family. Nope. That she's never experienced the kind of love that sort of sustains you Mm -hmm. throughout your day and the monotonous days that have the grind, as people call it. Yes. You know, she's nothing to live for. Yeah. And I'm an introvert myself. I consider myself an introvert. Yeah. And just like me, Joan, like there's some days where I'm like, I don't want to see nobody. Like, yeah. Sometimes you just need that recharge time. <laughs> you need the recharge time. You're exhausted from being in yeah. public places or being on all the time. Yes. And that's what she, I want to key in for her is that she mm-hmm. feels that every waking moment she has to be on. Yeah. So there's no Sad. reprieve. Mm-hmm. Um, every relationship she said feels like work. Mm-hmm. Every moment that I'm awake feels like worth. Nothing ever happens. No one ever likes me, she says. Uh-huh. So like why even try basically? Because no, right. my personality, the way that I am, nobody relates to me. Nobody likes me as mm-hmm. I am. Hmm. And that is brutal. It is. Completely like heart-wrenching to, to sort of talk through and realize. And – the fact that she creates her own safe space yeah. with the club yeah. is very – it's daunting to me, but also kudos to her. I'm very proud of the character for doing this, for stepping yeah. out of her comfort zone. And even though she was forced into it, like, can we talk about the company and how they oh, were gosh. so obsessed with their employees joining a social club? Yeah, and pressuring like, them. Yeah, pressuring them into joining a freaking club. Right. I don't know. Have you ever experienced such a thing in the workplace? Like no, social gatherings like and like all oh, having happy things. Hour. No, they're optional, and if you don't go, no one's going to make you feel bad about it. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we all have our own <laughs> private lives. Like it's fine. I don't know if the show is trying to comment on the work culture in Korea mm-hmm. or just like workplaces demanding loyalty from their employees. Yeah. I don't know which it is, but either way, it's ridiculous like as a western audience i'm sure it feels even more ridiculous to see this i haven't seen this in any other k-drama as well yeah no no where they're forcing their employees to take part in some sort of social club social activity right bowling right theater like it's like i don't want to like i was getting annoyed for them because i was like stop asking them like like i think i think they asked them like five times enough already we're badgering them Mm -hmm. to participate were participate and this had they kept saying like there's nothing it's optional there's no mandate for me to participate but then they kept like hounding them to 
be a part of something. And right. it was just so like, I, I have this like stank face on, on right now. Cause I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah. It's annoying. The, I know. But the rules of the liberation club are basically just be honest mm-hmm. with yourself. Right. Yeah. The three rules were, I will not pretend to be happy. I will not pretend to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. I will be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like she's just trying to find a real honest place. Yeah. And if others want to join, then great. It was just a safe space. Exactly. I think people like to say, like, find your tribe now. Yeah. Find your people. <laughs> this yeah. is that. Yeah, exactly. On a small scale. So yeah. I, I think it was hard to not hard, but I think her her journey is one of healing and mm-hmm. this the liberation notes and the club and everything is sort of like an ongoing project that each of us has. Yes. And we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. That we've joined this club and we're trying to find this place of authenticity, a place of contentment and satisfaction. And her starting this club was just the beginning. Like the even when they, she left the company and she wasn't part of this club anymore. She was still like following the strictures of the club. Like I'm trying yeah. to not fake being happy. Yeah. It became be a way of life. Yeah. It became like a lifestyle after that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think what's touching about her is that at the end, she's not fully healed. Right. Right. She's in this better place for sure mm-hmm. where she's starting mm-hmm. to – be happy and understand what happiness is for her and what it looks like. But, you know, she's, she says, I, there's nothing but love in my heart. I can't feel anything but love, which is, Mm. she's in a 180 from where she was at the beginning of the show where she doesn't feel anything and she feels no love at all. She doesn't feel lovable. So it is a wildly different place that she's at. But I think the show is also trying to showcase that a huge part of healing is not cutting yourself off from Mm -hmm. negative emotions, Mm -hmm. but just being able to feel all emotions. Absolutely. And it's not linear progress either. Like you're not just- It's not. Yeah. Which is why I was like, she's not 100% at the end, like a totally different personality. Mm -hmm. She's still her, but a better her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I loved your insights. It's so good. Um. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said, like, especially with the fact that Mi Jong's healing journey and any healing journey, there's not like a beginning, middle and end. It's, there's, it's, it's not linear. Um, and you're not gonna all of a sudden become better in like this, like, calculated amount of time. It, it is a journey. And some people's journeys are longer or shorter. But we do see her throughout the show like getting better throughout the show. And I really, she was very complex. She was a very complex character. Super complex. complex. You don't characters. see this kind yeah. of person all the time in your not life. Not at all. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and not at all. And she was so complex and she had things that were likable and like unlikable mm-hmm. and um, just disturbing or confusing. And right. she had a lot of different um, facets to her, but I really appreciated her because she said, okay, there, I'm unsatisfied with my life. So I'm going to do something about it. And I think that's what I enjoyed about her journey Mm -hmm. because she was like, okay, if I want things to change, I I have have to to change something. Yes. So I'm going to do something drastic. 
mm-hmm. and what drastic what drastic was for her. So I thought that that was really, I don't know, really profound. And mm-hmm. it was out of character for her, but she realized that like I, she has the um, autonomy to take control mm. of her life and of her journey if she wants to. Yeah. And when she finally decided to do that, so I thought that it was really cool how you know we got to see her along that journey. It's not it's not very neat. It's kind of messy. Yeah. But she did it, you know, yeah. because she wanted something different. So. Yeah. What do you think of like her workplace stuff and how she sort of handles? that drama. I mean, this is why I I think she's kind of (laughs) unlikable. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so what I actually, um, that's a little fuzzy because she got framed for being her boss's mistress, right? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And, but she stood up for herself, right? And then her work bestie was the the mistress. The mistress. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it was, how do I put it? The whole situation was really wild because Mi Jong knew who it was the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I forgot about that detail. Yes. 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 She knew who was like together in the office the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they wanted her to take the fall for it because yep. he had her name in his phone. Like, mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. As Mi Jong. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was like all evidence would point to her. And she's like, what is this? <laughs> but she gets into a brawl, though. Oh my gosh, she you remember? did. Uh, she did. <laughs> like they had it after her mother's spoiler, spoiler alert. Yes. But after the mother passes, mm-hmm. those two, like the boss and the work bestie, show up at the mother's funeral and they're giggling and playing footsies Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. really inappropriate at the funeral Mm -hmm. and it's disgusting and she's disgusted mi jong is disgusted by them yeah and she just (laughs) she um i think looks at the work bestie i'm gonna keep calling her work bestie because otherwise i'll call her a foul name right right so you just be work bestie i'll just call her work bestie (laughs) and because she asks all Koi if Mi Jong knows who the manager is having an affair with. Mm-hmm. It's her. Like, she's asking yeah, this question. It's literally her. Sh- it's literally her. She's, she's like, yeah. two-faced. And um, she, like, just stares at her. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks at her. And her face, the bestie's face changes. Mm-hmm. Like, all this time she was being really agreeable and sort of bubbly and, like, yeah. this – personality that everyone would like very charming and then all of a sudden she's like super stern and sort of vengeful looking yes as if mi jong telling the truth was somehow offensive to her to her (laughs) and and she insinuates that mi jong can't treat her this way i guess spill the beans about the situation can't treat her like this right because she owes her do you remember that I remember like, and I'm getting mad best, again. That was so stupid. Thought that she was doing a good deed by being friends with Mi Jong. She's like, I'm doing your favor. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? then it made kind of everything from the beginning make sense because like, this girl, she was just like extra, extra, like laying it on thick, like mm-hmm. super nice. And yeah. You're just like, what is your deal? So yeah. two-faced. So then Mi Jong, they don't show the fight, but she like drops her bag. 
Do you remember? Like she yes. had it on her shoulder and like she drops yes. it down into like fighting yeah. position. Yeah. As if she was going to hit her. Yeah. And they show Mi Jung later that night and she's all banged up. Like yeah. she got in a fight, in a street fight. <laughs> and the company doesn't take her side. They take nope. the senior side. Yeah. Or the, you know, the, the boss's side. Yeah. And people that have permanent positions within the company, they sided mm-hmm. with them versus her, mm-hmm. who was maybe like right. a con- I think she was like a contract worker. She, I think she was a contractor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they fired Mi Jung. That was so sad. So this was wild because there was a lot of things at play, right? Workplace politics, upper management just ignoring harassment of its workers. Yep. The the foul close relationship that she had with this other female worker. Yeah. It just soured immediately. It was never great, but it just soured so quickly. Yeah. Over yeah. Something. Yeah. Over a guy. And it was just exactly it was an affair. Exactly. And right. they were the ones in the wrong. And somehow she got fired and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the list goes on. Undervalued creatives in a business it, because she was constantly struggling at work with she was bringing forward these really creative ideas. I think she was a graphic designer, mm-hmm. and the manager was like, "I don't like this." I'm very dismissive and wanting to change yeah. all of these things, critiquing her work unnecessarily, yeah, or unfairly, and red, yeah, yeah, for no reason, for mm-hmm. no reason. So, it, like, it was really annoying. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was annoying to see her treated that way at work and you could see it's like all those things contribute to the way she feels about life in in general she's just like why does this stuff keep happening to me so but at the end of the show she's in a new workplace and you can see that all of the people that she's hanging out with are there's fewer in the group Mm -hmm. that she's hanging out with and they're all male all boys yeah exclusively men Mm -hmm. so I think she sort of found like a better medium of like, maybe I'm not going to put myself out there and be in this large group and try and disappear. Right. I'm going to find people who fit my style and mm-hmm. I'll have a larger voice. I'll step exactly. up more and, you know, put myself out there more than just trying to sink into the background and having this mm-hmm. really out- extroverted girl trying to like drag me into sh- stuff all the time, exactly. which was like the exactly. key at the old job, so. Yeah. It's wildly different. That's such a good point. Very different. Yeah. Very different. Um, let's talk about Sorry, oh, yeah. talk so long on that I know, but yeah, Mijong is a layered character. So there's a lot to talk about with her. So yeah. no, I get it. Um, okay, Mr. Gu, what did you think about? Mr. Gu. Oh my god, he's another 20 <laughs> minutes. So Mr. Gu is really Another slippery character that I had yes. a lot of trouble relating to because I yeah. actually have never, you know, thankfully never had a family member who was alcoholic or who had mm-hmm. these tendencies like Mr. Goo does. Right. And he just seemed super numb and disassociated with life. Everything was too much for him. Yes. Like too much effort Everything. for him. Yeah. And – I didn't necessarily like the storyline of how he got there, how he got to this place in the small town where the family lived. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, it was like he had a girlfriend and then the girlfriend was, was struggling odd. with health issues. Yes. Was suicidal and mm-hmm. was struggling with suicidal ideation. And then he just said, why don't you jump off a cliff, right? 
Yes. It was a very bad analogy for getting therapy. Like, why don't mm-hmm. you get help or something? And mm-hmm. he's, he just, like, the wording was jump off a cliff or something. Yeah. And then she actually did. She actually jumped to her death. Yeah. And that I don't – that was what I gathered from it. It was super hard to follow, kind of yes. badly explained or told. It was kind of just show. thrown in there because that was – it was that scene when they were at his place and they were – him and Mijong were talking, right? Yeah. And it was just yeah. the two of them. Yeah. It was kind of just like thrown in there. It was never really mentioned ag- again. The better backstory was like the reformed gangster <laughs> backstory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a basically yeah, a trope. It's right. right it the is, bad boy. It is. You know, it is. It is. Because the whole girlfriend scenario, who he had somewhat of a hand in her death, I was like not feeling mm-hmm. that. And it was so weird. Yeah. It could have just been the gangster storyline. It, it didn't just need to gangster. be exactly. the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think he's a little hard like i i don't know if i have that many thoughts necessarily about him because he's such a blank slate at the beginning of the yeah show right yeah yeah absolutely it's a wonder absolutely. that Mijong even chose him to Ooh, the only person around i guess <laughs> i guess it was either him or chang he's best friend that's literally it you've got a point <laughs> like he was just there and he was fine and i guess like, yeah He's close by, so right. he can, he's got – I see that he's got nothing else to do, so. <laughs> right. And she literally said that. You don't have anything else. You don't else have anything else you. going on, so <laughs> you might as well. Um, I think he was low-key funny Yeah, parts because he – like, parts, yeah. When she said Tuong, which is the worship line. Yeah. He yeah. looks it up later. He literally Googles like, yeah. the, the word that like, she – What does this mean? What yeah. is this? And he, the jump that he did across the train tracks um, or whatever that was. There are just so many bizarre scenes like that this in the made show. No like, sense. He did an Olympic, like supernatural it was a long jump across like a bank to rescue Mijong's hat. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? What just what happened here? And I remember specifically when I was watching that episode, it was very late at night. And I, it almost felt like a fever dream. I was like, what am I watching? Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's got that air of like, did this, did they mean to put this in here? Because right? was this, was this an accident? Like, I was It's so, so strange and funny. Like when you, ta- yeah. when you just take that scene out of the whole show, you're like, mm-hmm. this is funny as, as crap because it's yeah. literally it's him doing this very exaggerated long exaggerated uh, he's literally flying he might as well have just flown across so it was funny it was like he did this tom cruise run and everything like it was yeah. it was airborne yes so literally <laughs> <laughs> but um he was Basically, their love story or their, I guess, his courting of her was played out in these really small moments. Very Very subtle. Subtle, chivalrous moments. Like him getting the hat. Yes. Him uh, texting her that he got paid. Is there anything that she would like to eat? Yes. Um. Hit the way he looked at her, like he yes, was, when he would look at her, when like smile, but like he, he uh, see, 
like I would melt every time. It was, it's like the, you have to grasp onto those little yes. moments. <laughs> and it was, but I liked it because it was almost like she's fi- you're finding small moments of joy and love and cherish the him cherishing her in these little details, like him, him giving her the last bite of food. Yes. And things like that that's again add up. It's like the princess and the bee. Um did we want to talk about the episode 13 time jump or are we just going to like glance over that editing <laughs> that they did? We can did. talk about it when we talk about like the the actual like show. We can talk okay. about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what what did you think about Mr. Koo? <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, much like what you were saying, he's very much a blank slate. Um, He doesn't talk much for the first, like, four episodes. He barely says anything. So you're just like, what? What is that? (laughs) Who are you? Like, like, who um, are you? What is, what literally, who are you? Yeah. Um, And you kind of see the, like, I wouldn't even say layers were peeling off because he still didn't really let her in, but... You could see that when he committed to, you know, quote unquote, worshiping her, like when he started picking her up from the train and I would just, my heart, and mind you, this is nothing, right? But you had to grasp it's so little in the grand scheme. Like it's not big gestures that he's making. Yeah. Yeah. But those little things, they were so touching and I was swooning yeah. Yes. Like every time you picked her up from the train station, I was giddy. I was like, yes! oh, this is so cute. <laughs> or like even when they like went out for the first time um, after he picked her up and like he they got food together. They they ate in silence. But like it was it was cute. I was like, this this is him trying. Yeah. And I just thought that that was just like, wow, like he's really doing this. Like so. Yeah. But he was he was interesting. I mean, like, I don't know. I think. I think when they when they introduced this whole mobster thing, I was like, I didn't know this is where we were where we were going with this. Like, you're so right. You're so right. Because like, you think it's where a flashback. Did this come from? Yeah. You think it's a flashback. You think this is oh, this is pre Mi Jong, Mister Goo. Yeah. No, it's not. It is present day, <laughs> and that has to do with the episode thirteen. Yeah. Switch over that happens. But really out of pocket, I think that yeah. that transition and seeing him sort of regress. Oh yeah. He like backslid in a major yeah. way. <laughs> like, with, like, like, yeah. He uh-huh. just like turned around and never looked back. And mm-hmm. I was like, what happened to you? Are your growth? What happened? But yeah. that but just then adds they, to his the complexity. Right. But then they get they rekindle their relationship. He finds her and they, they sort of start this like intimate, like campfire sessions, I call them because she comes over and I think he has like a heater in his apartment. And And I think she actually bought it for him because his apartment was like freezing. And he's like, what, this is how you're living. He's like cold in here. Yeah. Do you have any, any heat source? And he was like, nah, Weird. So she got him a heater and then they would mm-hmm. just sit by the heater and talk yeah. and yeah. she would be his therapist. Yeah, Didn't she even say that? Like, that's not, he's yeah. like, he's like, you can be my therapy. He recruits her to be his therapist. That's right. And yeah. listen to his issues. And yeah, 
this is something that they didn't get to do that often before when they were living in the countryside together. Mm -hmm. And it's just a way for him to be vulnerable with her and actually let her into his life. Yeah. And it's – Again, very intimate. Like they've they were spooning at one point, and he was like yeah. ha- cupped his hand over hers, and it's like I think he's. This is when he says that after ten sessions, if he has nothing more to say, they'll he'll break it off with her. Mm, yes, yes. And I wrote in my in my blog review, you get the sense that he'll always have something to say mm, to her. Yeah, and that despite hating all people, he loves her. And yes. It's the heater is such a warm focal point. It's like she brought just a little bit of warmth to his cold life. Yeah. Making him feel more alive. And it's it's nice, you know? Yeah. This sort of yeah. like semi-foreverness. Right. That's right. hinted at when they yeah. are together in front of the heater and talking and stuff. Yeah. And it's like it's not healthy. Like whatever they have going on, it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but because it's them and they're both just strange. Like they're both I don't strange. Know. Yeah, yeah. They. I don't know. Even though I, that's the best way I can think to describe it. It works it's because so it's them. Unconventional. Yes, very unconventional. It is not. There's no labels, right, on anything, and right. they're not. You can't even call them friends. Mm-mm. It's so bizarre. Like I don't even know how to. Yeah, I mean, because she didn't even are. know his name until they reunited. Right. She was like, what's your name, by the way? <laughs> A little <laughs> late to be asking that. <laughs> like, but this, yeah, this is, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the two lovebirds, <laughs> if you can call them that. Um, but yeah, it was very unconventional for sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about. Oh, wait, did we want to talk about how oh, his yeah. character end, like, the ends the show, or do um, we want to leave that for later? The, the ending, yeah. Okay, we okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Ki Chong, Ki, Ki Jong and Chang Hee. What did you think about our, so, our other siblings? <laughs> I loved Ki Chong, which is the older sister. Yeah. I'll just call her older sister, played by yeah. Lee L. Mm-hmm. She was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And I feel I to this day I feel terrible for her. I think she has such a valid concern, I guess, about her yes. life and about how yes. she perceives her love life and stuff because mm-hmm. she's still single at nearly forty. Yep. And at one point, she says she like envies the crickets who so desperately chirp for a mate. So they aren't lonely during the winter. Even the mm. crickets understand loneliness. Wow. And she says she would rather have lived during the Cholson dynasty where she would have been like uh, arranged a marriage. Right. And even though she didn't love the dude, she would accept the marriage gladly. Right. With a, or with a resigned heart. Mm-hmm. She'd rather because she'd rather have somebody than nobody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like it's one of those things where you hear all the time, like well, don't be so picky. <laughs> about, yes, oh you my know? gosh, I hear when people say that. It's just like, 
don't be so picky and like your standards are too high. That's another uh, one. The standards are too high. And they only tell like they only like they only tell us that. They, they only, only tell, tell women the women. That. They don't tell men, oh, don't be too picky. Right. Or your standards are too high. It's only for us. Like, why do we have to settle? Right. <laughs> so she was sort of like in this place where I've come to the end of the line here. Yeah. Being so picky has landed me in perpetual singledom. Yeah. And it, I love her personality because she's like – people call – I think maybe she was as close as you can get to a pick-me-girl. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so – but I, I feel for her. Like I, mm-hmm. I – my heart breaks for her mm-hmm. um, because no one likes to talk about older unmarried women. Yeah. They blame them. They say what's wrong with them. Yeah. And – you can see how flawed and sexist and all the rest that is, that yes. concept is, but the character subscribes to it. Mm-hmm. She believes that, you know, what's wrong with me and woe is me and it's my fault because I was so picky for all these years and a man can be single all his life and he's labeled a hero, but mm-hmm. women being single all her life and she's labeled damaged goods. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. She was she was such a compelling character, and I really followed her storyline closely. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember that like pickup girl story that she told? Oh my gosh, that's that scene has never left my brain. Oh my god, I was like, why don't you like lay it lay it out like okay. this, the story <laughs> of this or this lore that she says in the show? Yeah. So Kijong went on a blind date with this guy, and um. I think he asked her, like, what is, like, the most noble romance? And she said – she basically told this story about um, this woman's husband. His head was severed, and she carried her husband's head in her skirt. So she was like – you know, I I want that to be me. Like I would I would carry my my husband's head in my skirt. Mm-hmm. Like I I would do that gladly. And then she was telling a story about how you know um, Mary you know witnessed Jesus being crucified and she carried his body down and she's like I would want to do that you know. Mm-hmm. And then she was telling she was repeating the story to Changhee her brother and he was like, Why would you ever say that to someone? Why would you ever say that out loud? Like. But it goes to show like a lot about her character because she would just say weird stuff like that. But it was it's so weird and morbid of a story. Yeah. But I understood immediately like what did you understand immediately what she's referring to and why she wants that kind of love? Yeah, I think she I think I mean, women even, would understand. Like I'm not yeah, just place no. like labels and stuff on there, yeah, but like of yeah. course the men don't see the point yeah, of the story. Yeah. And like right? even like, yes, was is it an odd, like grim, gory story? Absolutely. But like I could understand that she's just like, I will be I I want to be in love and I want to love this intensely. Right. Like I'm, I want to do that. And I and I understood what her heart was behind it. Yes. Why she's so passionate about it. She was just like, this is how loyal I would be to my husband. Like I would love right. him to the, even in death, I would yeah. protect him and carry him, you know? So I understood what she was saying for sure. I was like, it's beautiful. And every man that she told that story to saw it as, like like put them off they scared they were scared off by her and it unnerved them and they took the story to mean that she wants them dead right or they're in danger of being beheaded 
Right. Like, like you're missing the point. Missed it. Missed it completely. The no mm-hmm. the story is in no way about the beheaded right. husband. Right. right. Like every man who heard the story saw complete blinded. Yeah. The whole point just went over their head. The husband did not see the devotion mm-hmm. in the wife picking up the head. Yes. And they just instead saw their own doom, which literally was not even in the story. Like, that's not even the point of the story. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, wanted that, like, consuming love that you- All-consuming yeah. love. So that was very telling of her character, like you said. And I love it. Like, I wouldn't- It's a litmus test. Like, to me, I would probably yeah. pick up that story and be like, I want this kind of love and see what the- yeah. What the guy thinks. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, wow. No, I agree. Really sort of romantic. Like if you can get past how morbid Romeo and Juliet is and think it's romantic, I don't understand why you can't get this story. Exactly. And like, just like you said, I feel like they just couldn't get past the severed head aspect of it. It's just like, she's not a crazy killer. No. Like, that's not the point of this. It's not about the severed head. (laughs) It's not about the head. Like, it's not about that. So yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, and like you said, like, I loved her character. I think her storyline was my favorite out of everyone's, just her journey. Um, she was, like, kind of, like, a, a funner character. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was very, like, very much, like, a hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. And um, just watching her relationship with, um, like, Taehoon, like, I was invested, like, in the, the whole storyline. And Me too. I think that, you know, her nearing 40, the concerns that she has, I'm like, yeah, like, that's a real thing, like. You know, if she wants to have a family or anything, like she's like, what, what, like, when is this going to happen for me? Mm. So, like, I one hundred percent, um, like understood where she was coming from, and yeah, yeah, I enjoyed her character. She was a so lot. genuine, very genuine, and, and like when when she was like outside of the family, because I feel like they were all their worst selves mm. when they were like with their family. Yes, but like when she in particular, when she was with Taehoon. I mean, you could see, like, her heart and just how, like, nurturing and caring mm. and kind she was when she was with him. Yes. And I just loved that, um, you know, like, out of all the siblings. Like, I mean, Ch- Chunky was fine, but, like, she really, like, was a completely different person when mm-hmm. she was, like, mm-hmm. away from the family. Yeah. And she could just be with him. And, like, you could see her her true heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I enjoyed her. One thing that I liked was when the Taeon thing was sort of, like, kind of – ramping up yeah and she was telling her colleagues at work like all about this guy and you know should she text him back and they were like no you have to play hard to get like since he made you wait you should make him wait eye for an eye and she goes isn't that a bad thing (laughs) and i was like she's so freaking right like why play the games yeah why play the game especially when you're at that age like no one wants to play those games no one wants to play these games and she was like basically saying to intentionally cause anxiety Mm -hmm. for the other person Mm -hmm. and keep score and withhold love and decide not to be vulnerable with the other person like shouldn't you love to the fullest and give everything you have instead of doling it out in smaller portions and i was like this is I could sit here and just ruminate on that by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's it's mature. That's, it's, it's mature. It's a mature thing to do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a level of maturity that her coworkers were not talking about and mm-hmm. giving her good sound advice about. So right. I loved her take. She was like, but I, I you know, there's why pretend that you're not into somebody exactly. when you are. 
She's like, I, I like him though. Why would I? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? Like, very cute, yeah. and I I appreciate that sentiment, and yeah. it's very true. Like, every anyone listening, just yeah. go look at that. <laughs> yeah, no one's trying to play games out here. No yeah. one has time for it. Yeah. Why are you I love trying that. to pretend you don't like somebody when they when exactly you, do? you obviously do, and you want exactly. it to work, and you want them exactly. to call you back, and you want to go on a date with them, and like uh, the, all the rest. So right. Exactly. Anyway, Kishang was great. I, I really liked her. And when the mother passes away, I felt her grief response the most. She definitely, it hit her hard. It mm-hmm. hit her very hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like she, I think she starts crying when she is hanging up the mom's clean clothes. Yes. That scene. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. Because we've all been there. I've been there. And it felt very real and mm-hmm. raw and... I just felt incredibly for her in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Okay. Middle brother. Middle brother. Oh, my God. This guy. <laughs> so why don't you start us <laughs> off on Chang'e? Like, what did you think of this guy? Honestly, I thought Chang'e was pure chaos. I mean, <laughs> he was just like chaos. He would just have these long monologues about nothing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He would just go on and on and on. And he lacked Mm self-awareness. Like I remember this Mm -hmm. one scene when he was talking to his friend. I think they were having lunch. And he was like, you know, like it's so annoying when people just talk and talk and talk. And they just don't even like realize what they're saying. He's like, if I ever do that, like let me know. And his friend was like, okay. Like after you've just talked for like 30 minutes straight, like – he just – oh, man. But I I really – I did appreciate him, though, because um, he was definitely a – like, he had a more of a – there were things in his life that he wasn't happy with, mm-hmm. but he'd had a zest for life. Yeah. He would hang out with his friends, and they would have barbecue, and he would invite his friends over, and even Mi Jong would hang out with them, and Ki Jong would hang out with them. Um, he had like dreams and aspirations. Like he wasn't afraid of taking risks. Like mm. he wanted to open a franchise and um, take over the franchise for one of the stores yeah. he was managing. And his dad was like, mm. but like he was like, this is the risk I want to take. Like I would love to, you know, do something like that. Um, yeah. And he was a really hard worker. He was really good at his job. And, you know, he seemed to be compared to the other family members, uh, like in a better place. I think he just dealt with a lot of, um, uh, he, I guess, being made to feel like he's less than for whatever reason, because mm-hmm. he just never got, he desired praise and recognition from his parents, especially his dad that he d- didn't get. Never got. Um, yeah. And I think that was his, like his issue that he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. That was his main issue. They think he's but, an idiot. Yeah. They think he's like a failure and he's just like, you know, I, at the end of the day, he just wanted his dad to just say, I'm, I'm proud of you because he's worked so hard and he does have a lot of, things to be proud of, but still is made to seem like he's just the buffoon of the family, uh-huh. which wasn't true. So he was a very interesting character, but definitely like the, I I felt for him and I, I did appreciate his journey and like finding what truly made him happy. Um, at, well, we, we could talk about the end, but um, like, <laughs> that was weird. Okay. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, just later. Yeah. Yeah. But I did appreciate his zest for life and his, his, you know, desire to take risks and like he had dreams, aspirations, goals. And, um, but yeah, he was, he was layered like everyone else was layered. Not everyone was a perfect character and mm-hmm. he was no different. You said it perfectly that he was one of those people that love to hear himself talk. Yes. And he wouldn't shut up about himself. So initially, I just did not like him at all. I thought he was obsessed with 
his romantic relationships with buying a car and he just resented living so far outside of Seoul. And I just didn't care for this at all. It was not compelling, not easy for me to get through his stuff. But then I sort of sat up straighter when he said something about there's little choice in who your friends are when you're living in the country. Mm, I remember that. And I was like, he said he swears he wouldn't be friends with this group if he were from Seoul. Mm-hmm. And look, we're ad- all adults here. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much truth to what he said. Yeah. And it made me think, right, when you're young, you have these proximity friends. Yeah. Simply because they live near you, they're where you are. If they're if you go to church all the time and you have church friends and yes. you know, it's all of these people that in the moment you're like, "Oh yeah, these are my friends, these are my buddies." But then as you get older, you age out of yeah. these friends and you realize that you probably wouldn't have been friends with these people had you right. had the choice. Exactly. Mhm. And he is now old enough to choose not to be friends with these people, but he's stuck. Yeah. Right? He's stuck in this place. He's stuck he with his stuck. family. He mm-hmm. can't afford a car. He can't yeah. afford to live in the city. He's got this job that he's really passionate about. He's a passionate about doing well, but he doesn't mm-hmm. like the job. Right. And he, like you said, he brings up that business to his dad about franchising mm-hmm. this obviously profitable business. Yeah, it was like guaranteed, gonna guaranteed do well. money, guaranteed mm-hmm. to do well. Mm-hmm. Already established, you're just taking over an already successful business, right? And the dad didn't want to do it. He said no. I could not understand the father's logic here because all he don't. had to do was sell some or all of his land. Yeah, his the freaking farm was. Mm-hmm. It could, it was not making the family money. Yeah, it's not profitable. Not profitable. It was backbreaking work. Yeah, they had a custom cabinet business, which was thankless. Yeah, and they were not living in the lap of luxury. They were struggling. They, yeah. you know, they were taking showers outside. Like, I mean, right. they were not doing well. So, like, why right. hold on to this life sucking business and way of life that's not making anybody happy? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just a pride thing to me. Like the dad saying no was just like a pride thing. 1000%. He and was so prideful. He had no confidence in his son and shut down a real opportunity to move away from a town where there isn't much keeping them there to begin right. with. Right, right. So I completely sympathized and empathized with Changi in that moment. Um, and I thought it was really revelatory when he starts to borrow the Rolls Royce from <laughs> Mr. Goo, <laughs> which is a great moment when Mr. Goo's like, hey, like, take it. Right. I'm not using it or whatever. And he like gets down on his knees and is like caressing the car and he's freaking out. And he's so happy. Um, he finds like Tungy really finds contentment in the Rolls car. He does. He does. He doesn't brag about having it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show off the car. He keeps it to, to himself, basically. Yep. It's, it's something for him. Yeah. And he said he feel he felt gentle 
driving the car that it soothes and relaxes him. And I think it had something to do with just having his own space. Yes. He felt stifled. Feeling stifled everywhere else, at home, on the freaking three-hour commute. Yeah. Uh, at work where he's got like this work rivalry thing that was happening as well. And that girl that just like wouldn't like leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. It, so the Rolls Royce was like his sanctum and he didn't yeah. need to share it with anybody. He loved it. And it was something that he wanted since day one. He wanted a car. He was like, we yeah. need a car, which they yeah. do need a car. I was like, they do. why are they car. trying to talk him out of getting a car? They need a car. Right. They live in Timbuktu. Right. So, yeah, literally. Um, it was it was great. And then the oh, the other moment that I thought was really great for him, or not great, but heartbreaking for him was mm-hmm. when he quits his job. That was huge. That was a huge moment. The parental reaction from him quitting his job was terrible, no good, awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um they are start messing with him immediately, asking him about what his plan is. They criticize him. Yeah. They push him about the situation, like, why'd you quit and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And he begs them, like, can't you say that I've done a good job? Yeah. Rest a while. Yep. And that was something that really struck me because when I was furloughed during the pandemic, that was something that my mm-hmm. parents immediately were like, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Like, it's time to rest and recharge yeah. and do what you want to do and, you know, not have to worry about going to work every day and doing this job and maybe it's a good thing. Like looking at it positively and I stayed with them for a couple of months because I don't live with my parents. Right. And it was like a blessing in disguise almost. So the fact that his parents had the polar opposite reaction to my own parents when something similar happened to me, I was like, I was feeling for for Tangi. I was like, oh my God, he had – the worst possible reaction. And he had nothing to take care of. You know what I'm saying? He didn't nothing. have a mortgage. He didn't have kids. He didn't have a yeah. wife. Yeah. He didn't have a freaking car. Right. Payment. So if he wanted to take a little break, it should be okay. There was literally no reason for them to be hounding him about yeah. his job, pressuring him about it. Right. So – we all nobody wants to get burnt out. The parents were burned out and they didn't see that their son was also burnt out. Right. So it was just ugly. It was ugliness. It was. It was. I agree. Um I loved that scene. That was like the one Chang he scene that really sticks out to me from the show with like the you know the parents, his dad in particular getting on him. And um he said something that really stuck out. He said, can't you treat me even half as well as you treated Goo? I know I'm not per- a perfect son or anything, but I haven't done anything I'm ashamed of. There are so many bad people out there, but I've never done anything to be an embarrassment to you. And I was like, wow. Like you could, like, And he never really lashed out before, but he was just like, I, I mean, can't you just say I did a good job? And just like, I've never done anything to for you for you guys to see me and treat me the way that you do. And, and the way like, that you know, he picked up on the mm-hmm. on the Mr. Boo having yeah. more respect yes. from their father. Yeah, yeah. And you even know? mentioned like, oh, like, you know, you would ask if, you know, Mr. Goo had eaten or if he was okay. But you, you've never done any of that for me. And it was just like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
but it was it was really sad because like yeah it was just sad because then like really literally right after that scene you get like um this flashback of the dad like he was in town and he happened to see chang he like running track or something in like a relay race and he started cheering for him and he was proud of him and he was smiling which is like the first time you see the dad smile like <laughs> the entire show mm-hmm. but it's just like you know if only you and your wife would communicate to your children that you love them and that you're proud of them mm-hmm. you know um but you see the impact of that that them not communicating mm-hmm. that on Chang He the most, especially so much damage. Yeah, so much. So that's Changi. <laughs> yeah, poor the, guy. Uh, other sibling. Yeah, terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into the show. So, like, what were like? I guess like wolves want like you know. I know you wanted to talk about like the ending, right? Or like, would you want to talk about? We can talk about. Let's talk about the mom's death. Number yes, one. yes, yes. And then I guess we can talk about episode 13 and the yes. um, editing that they did there. Yeah. That <laughs> got us. So, yeah. Episodes 13 and 14 is when the mom passes away. And this is when we get like a new emotion thrown into the mix, which is grief. Yes. Did you see that coming? I did and I didn't because <laughs> – this sounds terrible, but every time you see mm-hmm. an elderly person in a show, <laughs> that's true. Um, they might die like by the end of the yeah. show. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the mom dying. Like if you would have mm-hmm. told me that the mom was gonna die like at the end, like I would have never mm-hmm. guessed that at all. Yeah. I, I mean, her death. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I had a family friend dear family friend who had a sudden heart attack and she passed and we were really good friends with the whole family. Mm-hmm. And when she passed away, she was basically the glue that held that whole family together. And so the family kind of diminished. They didn't keep up with each other. They didn't keep up with us anymore. Mm-hmm. And she was the person who was always like, Hey, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? I'll bring mm-hmm. this and we'll ma- I'll make sure everyone's there. And she was the glue that held that family together. Yeah. And in a similar way, the mother was the glue that held that family together. Oh, absolutely. And when she passed away, you could tell there was no – basically no reason for anybody to be there anymore and living together. And it was not – it was a grim reality, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And – the showrunners, I liked that they didn't really shy away from showing how each of the kids processed the death. Absolutely. And how the the house was like lifeless without mm-hmm. her. There's a huge hole in their lives now. Yeah. And everyone's kind of shocked at how essential yes. she was. She right? did everything. everything. She essentially was worked to death. Like, yes. Yeah, that's what happened. It was – she was the matriarch of the family and she mm-hmm. contributed – heavily to Mm -hmm. this culture of silence and stifling your emotions. Yeah. Don't talk at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And there was all this egg, you know, walking on eggshells around the dad and she fostered that. Absolutely. So you kind of are angry with her for the bulk Mm -hmm. of the show and then she dies Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh crap. She was actually doing a lot more good. And sustaining this family, feeding them for one, like feeding them. Nobody knew how to feed themselves at the house. 
Yeah. After she passed, which was nuts. Right. right. But, you know, it was it was interesting that it's only after she passes that a lot of stuff kind of comes to light. Like with Mi Jong and the fact that she's flat broke. Yeah. Her boyfriend stole all this money from her, mm-hmm. her ex-boyfriend. And the lack of communication in the family is brought up. Oh, absolutely. At this stage. Yeah, I agree. Where the older sister is like, why didn't you tell us that you have mm-hmm. no money, that this happened to you? That like mm-hmm. we were kept in the dark all this time. You literally have no money, no funds. And Changi, the older brother, goes, I would have done the same thing if I was her. Mm-hmm. I would have just kept it a secret. Because when have we ever relied on ourselves, on us as a oh, family? Wow. Yeah. And it was all the cracks were exposed. Yes. Once mom was gone. All the weaknesses were exposed once mom was gone. So Yeah. Yeah. I think that those sets of episodes and everything were really memorable to me. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It was, yeah, it was very eye-opening, very telling how she literally kept the family together. Um, and it was sad because right before her death, she went to the market and the shopkeeper was like, oh, like, is Mijong okay? Like, she was crying the other day. And mom was like, what was she crying about? She's like, she said she lost her puppy. And she was like, I've never had a, you know, I've never had a dog. Like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, she said she, her, her puppy died, but that was when, you know, Mr. Gu had left mm-hmm. and went back to Seoul. And, um, she looked so she looked so sad because she's like wow i don't mm-hmm. know my kids yeah my kids don't come and tell me when they're sad about something mm-hmm. like look at how wow like my family is so disjointed like we're not we don't talk my daughter's cry- bawling in public and i yeah. a stranger i didn't know about tell it me yeah mhm i didn't know about it but that's also something about me jong is that I think another character says Mijong is someone who can't cry unless she plucks up the courage. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I was like, whoa. Like I had to pause the show. I was like, that's something else because yeah. it takes courage to outwardly express your your feelings, your emotions. And it yeah. means taking ownership of them mm-hmm. and sharing yourself with others. So it was very revealing when the market lady tells the mom on the mm-hmm. day that she dies. Yeah. That yeah. she saw me Joan crying her eyes out. Yep. Because yep. the mom was like, whoa. Whoa, that's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. She's mm-hmm. like, I had no idea. It's extreme. You can tell that she was so heartbroken mm-hmm. because of that. And mm-hmm. then she goes home and passes away. Yeah. So sad. Uh, I don't like uh, it. I don't like I it. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah. So. Um, Okay, and I know you wanted to talk about like so, dang. <laughs> so episode jump. thirteen was unbelievable because you think again <laughs> that it's a flashback of Mister Gu, yeah. and yep. it ends up being not a flashback. It was all yeah. the trick of editing. Yes. Um, you get intercuts of Mijong at work, and. With the design contest, she was like trying to get a permanent position and she was dealing with the work mistress, the work bestie or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Suspiciously the same name as hers in her yeah. boss's phone. And at the end of a good day, she wants to see Mr. Goo. Mm-hmm. And I think in her voiceover, she says, he's coming. Mm-hmm. He has come. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the cinematography is drastically different too, like between her and Mr. Goo. Yeah. And you think Mr. Goo's going to meet her at the train station, but he doesn't. Mm-mm. It's a giant time jump that we are experiencing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wrote in my blog review, I will be pressing charges. <laughs> It was like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? Yeah, because then you see Mr. Goo show up at the family house. Yes. And a random woman who we've never seen before asks him who he is. Right. And she confirms like, yeah, this is the right house. This is so-and-so's house. And Mi Jong's father steps out of the shadows and you realize, oh my God, I just got bamboozled into a time jump because a yeah. lot more time has passed right. than we're, you originally we're in thought. The future. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the future. <laughs> the father has clearly had a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. And the wife is not Mi Jong's mom. Like what happened nope. to Mi Jong's mom? So yeah. She tragically died. It's this whole mm-hmm. thing because yeah. Mr. Gu like absconded back to Seoul and all hell broke loose within the family. Um the mom died and she was burned out, unappreciated, was making ri- – in the middle of making rice. Mid- like, middle of making rice, she, yeah. She died as she lived. And the kids are all gone. They've all yeah. moved to Seoul. Yeah. So you're just like, what the heck happened? You're like, <laughs> what in the world happened <laughs> to the family? So yeah. after this is when you get that reunion with Mr. Gu and yes. Mi Jong and her finally finding out what his name is and all this stuff. Like, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. And I don't know it if was, you get yeah. that all the time in K-dramas where they really hoodwink you. Oh, yeah. I felt tricked. Like, I was like, because we're watching it, and then all of a sudden he gets to the house, and dad's hair is short. He, you know, he has a limp. Like, he, who's this woman? I said, oh, wow. They really got me. <laughs> I was like, they got yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. No. Kudos to them. I like, like, yeah, good job. Because you got it. Yeah. Um, let's – I want. I, I do want to talk about Ki Chong and Taehoon, like how you felt about how their relationship, like, transpired. But first, I want to just um pop in, like, some of those, like, bizarre scenes, like, just randomness that happened in the show. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so the robot. <laughs> what was that? What actually was that? Do we have any anybody out there who knows what the hell that was? Because I mean, I was I and again, I'm always watching like late at night before bed. I said, "What is happening?" Like, because literally, Kijong was like, oh, "I wish someone could like lift me up and like wash me." And then all of a sudden, this robot appears and lifts her up out of her bed, and she's like, "Are you a man?" And like, he just like carries her out of the room, no explanation. I mean, <laughs> it's so it's so out of place. It is so out of place, and it's never referred to. Never, they don't come back to it. I, your guess is as good as mine as where that came from and why they decided to waste some budget on that. <laughs> so weird. I because she's not like one. She's not a character who has an active imagination, right? That we've seen active right. before. So all of a sudden, her wish is like the robot's command, and he just takes her to get washed up. And then I was like questioning. I was like, 
did they like do more in the right. bathroom? Right. I was like, like, what is this? What <laughs> is this? Like, like, what is going on? I was like, did he actually like shower with her? Right. Like, help her it, out in there? Like, what is going on? I. It was so weird. I. I mean, someone. I was. I like ran to Reddit and like drama beans, and I was like, <gasps> someone explain it. Like, what? Didn't find everyone was confused. Oh. No, everyone was confused. Dang it. I thought you might have had a, like a, a theory. Dang. It was weird. So weird. Um, bizarre. And then we already talked about the weird long jump. And like the Rolls Royce driving scenes were weird too because they were like in slow motion and there was yeah. like green lighting. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's happening here. I was like, uh, <laughs> You know, something else that I didn't like was, I, I, are we in the hot take section? It feels like we oh, are. No. Okay. No, let's talk about, okay. Let's talk about Kijong and, um. Taehoon first, and then you can okay. um, talk about anything else you wanted to talk, and then we can go into hot takes. So Taehoon, like, or Taehoon, I had a, a real visceral reaction to seeing this actor in here. His name is Cho Taehoon. Yeah, I mean Lee Kiwoo is his real name. Yes, because he was like another lead. Yeah, he was. But, like, he really was. Um. Well, no. Like, I. What I mean is. He's older and now he's playing a father character. When when I started watching K dramas, he was like the male lead with no children. Oh, like he was young. Okay, you know what I'm okay, saying? Okay. Like yeah, I was like, yeah. oh man, I'm getting old because right. it's like the male the roles he's getting are shifting. Are now yeah. <laughs> like bothering dads, dads now. and like yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a lot of feelings about that. But second of all, I thought his character. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys have had that live long enough to experience <laughs> that. But like, you know, Anne Hathaway's playing mother characters. Right. You know, right. So like, like that's a full circle. Like, ooh, it I is. watched her when she was young and now she's, yeah. you know. Anyway, I thought his character was really interesting because, and, and first of all, their relationship as well, because it all started sort of with a terrible like bar scene in episode yeah. one. Do you remember that? That was so painful. It was to watch. so awkward. Uh, She's like talking crap about people with kids who are in the mm-hmm. dating scene and how she doesn't care. Like this is valid. She doesn't care about the kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not her kid. She doesn't have any yeah. feelings toward your child. So right. it's kind of an annoying hindrance in getting to know somebody is what she mm-hmm. was saying. Yeah. Which again, I feel for her because I'm I'm also childless. But if yes. you were in his position, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my god, sort of offended and heartbroken that someone right. would feel like that and feel so strongly about that. Right. Um, sitting next to you at a bar when you are right. literally sitting with your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was very awkward and and sad. And then you get the aunt coming in, and she's very Dramatic. rough and. So mean. A mean, mean, mean woman. So yeah. this progresses to she reads his liberation note, I think. Mm-hmm. And that sort of makes her feel something for him. Yeah. And this comes up later in their relationship where he's like, I feel bad that you read my most deepest thoughts, right? Like yeah. you read my lowest, weakest point. And that's yeah. what made you – you pitied me, and so you kind of took a second look at me. hmm And she sort of says, like, that it's not 
a bad thing necessarily because she still loves him. She's her feelings right. are not like she still loves him, and yeah. love can bloom out of pity. Is what she was saying. Like it's still like not a bad thing, right? How did you feel about that? What did you think about that? Uh, it was. <laughs> It's a lot. It it, it is a lot. Um, I think it just, I think it just spoke to like the person that she was. Cause she, she seems like the type of person that's like, she's like, I'm going to love you hard Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love it. She said she's going to love anybody. So she's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about your baggage. Like I'll work through it with you. Mm -hmm. Like, so I kind of just saw that as, um, her just being like, I'm going to be all in because I like you. And then mm-hmm. him, I think he was just like embarrassed yeah. in a way. Because I think dating is already really vulnerable for him because he is a dad. And um, he already has feelings surrounding that. So I think he just felt very vulnerable and very like hmm, mm-hmm. embarrassed in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he didn't give her that piece of information directly. Right. It was sort of like he – he didn't have control of that sort of narrative about himself. Exactly. Right. Right. For her. So I can understand why he was like really sort of like, I don't know, like soured on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then she ends up feeling stuck in the relationship with yes. him. Yes. And I was like, yes. this is interesting too. So I thought they were going to break up. Because I they were they kind of suffocating have. together. The aunts were terrible. Oh my god! It was ugly. The and daughter was too. The daughter was foul. And honestly, if I am one of those people that's like, you're marrying into a family, family, right? Yeah. So all of these are red flags to me. Like the daughter's a yeah. problem. The aunts are a problem. You can't yes. just dis- you can't be distance him from his. Family. Yeah, exactly. Like you're that's, stuck with them. Yeah, you're, you're gonna be stuck, stuck with them. them. Yeah. So I thought that she would break up. I thought in my in my mind I was thinking of Yumi cells that she would mm-hmm. break up with him. Yeah, yeah. Um but she cuts the tension instead and she says I'll just be a man instead. One less woman and she cuts her hair. <laughs> yes. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that that was going to be where it went because I think that she still found value in the relationship. Yes. Yes. I think looking back on the show she probably should have just broken up with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. You feel like that? Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Because even when I was watching it, I – the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, at the end of the day, they're never getting married. <laughs> like, her, his daughter will not allow it. Because he, he basically said, like, we're not going to be able to get married until she's, like, 18, basically. Um, and – like literally like they're it's just not gonna work out and she was basically it's like she's stuck because she loves him mm-hmm. and she does want to be with him she can't imagine life without him but they can't get married anytime soon because of all these outside factors but she's like well i can't leave him because I, I i can't live without him so i guess i'm just gonna be unhappy and that was it seems like that was kind of like what yeah. she resolved to do she's trying to like was so sad to me yeah because that's not what she wanted. Mm-mm. And I think in, realistically, she should have broken up with him. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, because it's just not going to work. Like, he, and, then, and the thing, yeah, <laughs> I'll talk about it in hot takes too. Because I was mad at him about just okay 
his okay. lack of yeah but yeah he was like not very helpful in the at all sort of bridging the gap between his his family really and foul her. family and her yeah. and she's the getting the brunt of like their verbal assaults and stuff exactly and, and then even not- like with the pregnancy scare he was like yeah his reaction to it was just she could tell that it hurt her so deeply yeah that he was like, oh, God, I'm so glad you're not pregnant. Like, it's like and she was oh. just like, oh, I, I felt I felt for her mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. moment. Their relationship was very fractured. It was <laughs> fractured and Oof. you didn't get a lot of nice, happy, smiley moments between them, which I think was also wow. interesting that the show didn't – like that's the fodder of K-dramas, right? It's sort of like right. once they get together, you get all these really nice moments between – even yes. before they get together, you get – some nice yeah foundational moments between a couple that yeah. make you happy, make you giddy, make you come back for more and they didn't have a lot of that. So the moment when Taeun goes he, he gets drunk and he shows up at her house yeah. at the bal- outside her balcony at night. Yes, yes. And he brings her egg bread. Mhm. And like a busted rose. <laughs> yes. It's like broke, literally broke. Like he's like, yeah, like I don't know where you got that rose, but he like messed <laughs> it up. And he's very cute and smiley and it's unique because we haven't seen that so far from him. He's always very serious and yeah. melancholy almost. So he was so bright in that moment. I was like, oh my God, this is really good. And he gives her this headless rose and delivers the egg bread mm-hmm. every three days. Yep. He gives her egg bread because she said one time that she likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, literally. I have in my blog that it might not be perfect, but a rose is still a rose without its head. Oh. And calling back to her pickup girl story. Yes, yes, yes. She cherishes the rose with no stem. Yes. Her lover's severed head. Oh, my gosh. Snap, snap. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in a way, she does have what she wanted. Yeah. It is not perfect, which the story that she had that she said before is not perfect. That's not a perfect right. he's not alive. Like the husband right. is dead. So in a way, it is like what exactly what she wanted. Yeah. The devotion That's that she so wanted. True. It is the devotion that she wanted because she's like, I'm staying with him no matter what. So even if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so good. Was there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into hot takes? Did we want to talk about So Worship Me? Because that was the line heard around the world. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was like, started a whole phenomenon. And something that I found really helpful was Nunas Nunchi. She yes. had an explanation for mm-hmm. the Tuang I remember that. I remember you that. remember that. She said, mm-hmm. um, "It's closer to mean reverence, but it's probably more like cherish, adoration, yes. devotion, admiration." Yeah, and that's easier to understand than like someone walking up and in English saying, "So worship me." <laughs> exactly. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have the same connotation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, very unique line that everyone remembers to this day yeah i just want to shout it out (laughs) yeah it definitely defines the show they're like the worship me couple 
Um, and I remember when she asked him that and she was like, I've never felt whole. So I want you to worship me so I can feel whole. And I was just like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So wow. yeah, I was like, what? A, and that was like, I think that's how the, the second episode ended. So I was like, what a what a way to end the the premiere, <laughs> the premiere episodes. Like, okay. It's a lot. Yeah. Also, the room yeah. full of soju bottles in Mr. Oh my gosh. House. Yes. That shocked me as well. Shocking. I wasn't expecting that. And despite that being such an issue, I was like, that's a problem. Um, I fully supported Mr. Goo when he got really angry at mm-hmm. the two guys for cleaning oh, up. Tongi and his friend, that they started <sighs> going in his house. Yeah. For cleaning up the soju like, bottles. It's like, get out. Get out. This is my house. How dare you yeah. come in my room and touch my stuff? And they thought they were doing a good deed, but right. you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Doesn't want to be helped. Exactly. And I feel like that was a picture of exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gu was like not ready to face his alcoholism and his issues. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope, you're invading my space. Yeah. I don't want help. And I feel like the room full of soju bottles kind of represented that. Yeah. His, his alcoholism and, like, him not wanting any help. Yeah. I, again, I don't know who wrote this, but apparently I did. In my blog, I said, every one of us has a room full of soju bottles. Oh, wow. Who did that? Who said that? I don't know. It was you, girl. It was you. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I had my head on straight last year. <laughs> it was such a good blog entry. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. So good. Ugh. Yeah. I did want to quickly touch on the dad um, oh lord let's talk about okay well yeah lead it lead it what do you want to talk about? yeah so i just thought for for starters we we knew this but he could not function at all without his wife without a woman in the house without someone doing cooking for him even after his wife passed away he was depending on the kids to like cook the meals and do everything yeah. and he got a wife you know, within a year and like he, he can't function by himself. And I think that um, I I appreciated his self-awareness because at the end, I think it was the last episode, he was having dinner with all the kids at the house. And he said, your dad isn't strong. You guys are better than me. Mm. Um, And he knows that like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't go through this life alone. Like I need help. But I remember when I watched it for the first time, I was so angry at him because I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why mm-hmm. can't you do anything mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. point that you, like, got married a year after your wife passed away? Like, you know, and I don't know. It was What I is was, this, a Tulsa dynasty where, like, a man exactly. literally needs servants and a woman to keep him? Like, exactly. Like, sustain him? Keep him alive, literally? Put clothes on his back and – like feed him and like it was like really frustrating that dad was really frustrating he was he was so frustrating he was so cold he just it was i mean i struggled with him Mm -hmm. like i just he was so i just did not that is not like that is is your dad remotely like the dad no my liberator was so cold so distant so mean like yeah i couldn't understand why he didn't 
love his kids. Like, I don't right, know. Right, like, but, like, it was legit, like, though. Like, he did not love his kids. Like, even, like, even though the mom was exhausted and whatever, like, she would, like, sometimes look at their childhood photos and be like, oh, but I do all this because I love them so much. Even right. though she didn't really express it. Yeah. She she showed her love through her actions, which, I mean, that's not the healthiest thing either. But, like, she showed her love in mm-hmm. her own way. But, like, mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, I'm the man of the house and, you know, you know, yeah. like just with his silent self and like just not contributing anything. Are like, we supposed to read your mind, sir? Right. Like he, like people would talk and he would just like grunt. Like he just, yeah. I like an animal. Exactly. <laughs> like what a caveman. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't have much to add to. I agree with everything you said. <laughs> yeah. I was just annoyed with him. Yeah. But yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we go into hot takes? Um, no. Well, I guess she, te- uh, Mi Jong tells Mr. Gu to add up moments of happiness. Oh, I love that line. This is a really nice concept that she says yes. she lives each day by gathering up happiness in five to seven second chunks. Mm. So she has five minutes of happiness. And she lists some examples, and these are really romantic, mm-hmm. mundane examples. She says, like, uh, holding the door open for a child, mm-hmm. waking up and realizing it's a Saturday. And she says, you know, I add it up, and this is how I get through my days. Yeah. And he brings it up later with his own, like, mobster boss. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't even reach five minutes of happiness yes, each day. I remember that. Like, I've tried ever since she told me this. Yeah. And I can't even get to five minutes. Yeah. And it was such a devastating thing. But yeah. I love the way that his character ends, like the end of the show, basically, because mm-hmm. he has one of these days where everything has gone wrong. There's been this huge brawl, the missing money, everything. It's it's like falling apart for him. And there's this child that's playing hide and seek with him in the elevator. And he goes to get a bottle of soju. And I think he drops a 500 won coin on the ground. And he goes to pick it up, thinking that it fell in the grate in the street. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead, it's perfectly balanced on one grate. Wow. And he's like, you know what? That's it. That's a sign. That's a good thing that's happened to me today. And it yeah. feels very impossible, like a small miracle, you know? It's so beautiful. And he sort of just walks away. And a lot of people assume that he just quits alcohol right then and there. <laughs> Hmm. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he suddenly was cured of alcoholism, but right. Um, I think he accepts this new framing of life. Basically, absolutely, absolutely. So, and I totally agree. And I think that's why I, even though they're, you know, they're they're, they're not. It's not perfect. Him and Mijong kind of fit together. Um, I feel like even though she wasn't in the best place, even when they started their arrangement, like mm-hmm. she was able to help him see like the brighter side of life. Yeah. Um, even though she couldn't do that for herself, strangely enough, she was able to do that for him. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this one moment when 
they were talking about it was it was a weird scene, but they're like walking down along the dirt path, and like she was talking about how frogs would burst like on the road, and <laughs> yes, he was like, why why would you say that? And she was saying like, you know, at first like I would only speak like when spoken to, but now I just feel so open. And she was like, because it's because I feel lovable now. Mm. And I was like, wow. So they managed to just help each other in this miraculous way, like on paper that you don't think that it makes any sense. But Mm -hmm. for them, it like made sense. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I agree completely. All right. So hot takes. Yes. All right. So (laughs) where were yours? (laughs) I think that the older brother, his like the writing got really weird and confusing after he quits his job. I like, I don't really like he goes into selling potato ovens. (laughs) Do I have that right? And then it like never got off the ground or the business tanked. And he spent the next few years living, paying off the debt. And it was just weird. He had this relationship with this lady friend named Kiona. Yeah. What was that about? I have no idea what they were. If they like, was this like a friendship or like a sexual relationship? I have no yeah. idea. And literally in my notes, I put Hiana, what and why? <laughs> literally, that's I, what I wrote. <laughs> I literally hated the character. It was just like a, she had like a string of abusive boyfriends. Yes. And her story seems shoehorned in there, mm-hmm. especially when it came to the ex boyfriend dying of cancer. Where did that come from? Where? Also, was it the same boyfriend that was beating her? I don't know. Like, it's like no one so. can answer that question for me. Yeah. Like, I was like, who, what boyfriend is it's this? It's so unclear. And yeah, I don't know if he was the same guy that, who was uh, tearing up her apartment and stuff, but right. he seemed to just want her around. And like, I don't know if it was particularly fo- focused on romance at all at that point, but. Right. I don't know. Like, Tangi also was friends with him by the end. Right. The and then he was just like, I want you and Hiana to be together when I'm gone. And it was like, it was what? so weird. And then Tangi proposes to her yeah. as he's watching his mother's ashes being prepared. Yep. And I was like, Mm-mm, this is weird. It's funky. It's, it's funky. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. So, right up until the school for funeral directing at the end. Well, that was okay. Like, up until that point where he was like, I'm going to an art class or something. Mm -hmm. And he realizes he's in the wrong class. It's like a funeral director course. Yeah. How to be a funeral director. And because of the previous few stories that he told, you realize that he has sort of a knack for comforting people in their dying on their deathbed and stuff. He does. It's sort of like a calling that he's never tapped into before. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of smiles to his, himself at, at the coincidence, which it's really kismet. Right. And he stays in the class. He doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like the ending, but like how did, how did he get – from the time that he quit his job to him sitting yeah. in on that funeral director class, I was like, this is a wash. This is a wash. Yeah, like, yeah no, I good. agree because like I liked it for him, but it was like the journey to get there was like, oh, like yeah. who, how did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> no good, no good. So that was my biggest hot take, which I didn't like that, and I didn't like the character Hyona. Right. 
hated that character. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where she came from and like why she was in the show. Like, I I think she could have been completely cut out and mm. it would have been fine. Yeah, I didn't understand. Anyway, what are your hot takes? I don't have that many. That was it. Oh yeah. So besides the one- robot, right, right. <laughs> Um, so Taehoon, he just didn't have a backbone. I felt like he never defended Ki Jong from his family. No. Nope. He never just told his daughter, look, I have a girlfriend. I have a fiance. I'm going to marry her. Like, I mean, I don't know what's it. I, I don't know. Like, I was just like, what do you, you're just going to sit here and placate to your child and your sisters yeah. until your child is going to graduate from high school and not, and not like take control of your own, over your own life. He just let everybody that. steamroll him. And I just didn't, I just did not like how he just never came to Ki Jong's defense, like ever. It's such a problem. It was such a problem because you never want to feel like the outsider. Right. And she had no, like, there was nobody on her team. No one. No one. Like, he wasn't on her team. Not he was yeah, including him. Like yeah. he wasn't he like basically he was like yeah. When it comes to me and my family, like sorry, I'm not going to be able to have your back. That's literally what it was. They were and so it was unreasonable not fair. Too. So unreasonable. Like they drove me crazy. I was like, this is not fair. And like I sympathize like with the daughter because like it, it's it's hard to kind of you know accept a woman into your dad's life into your family. Like like but the way she was acting was absolutely unacceptable. And as a father. He did not handle it at and he all. He didn't discipline her at all. Because, like, the girl was being straight up rude. Like, mm-hmm. if she's having trouble adjusting in the beginning, like, I understand that. Three years later, and she's still being just as rude as she was Ooh, in the beginning, no. and you're not telling your daughter you need to stop being disrespectful? Mm-hmm. Come on now. I've had like, conversations about less. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I've been scolded for less. <laughs> right. Way less come on now like i just thought that he just just left her out to dry and it was just not fair yeah the parenting like was that. it was like he felt guilty mm-hmm. yeah about everything like being everything. a single dad and ha- getting a divorce mm-hmm. and trying to date somebody mm-hmm. it was like he was like i'm sorry like he was sorry about it right it's After a while, like, you got to stop being sorry. Like, it is what it is. Right. right. Yeah. And then as, as Kijong, like, what is she supposed to feel? Like, do you regret this? Is this not worth it to you? Right. Right. Like, like you're you not know? in this 100%. Exactly. Why am I trying to give 100% when you're giving, like, 40%? Exactly. So I just was disappointed. And I loved their relationship as for what it was. But, like, it was just – it was hard to watch at some points. Mm-hmm. I was like, this mm-hmm. is so painful. And it was like he uh-huh. w- he couldn't – he didn't have um, – like he wasn't focused on the relationship. No. And no. it showed from the very first day. If you remember that first day, he like had to, an issue with the car. He was running around yes. trying to find a parking space. He came back yes. into the date and mm-hmm. ordered, immediately ordered a beer and was like trying to like force it back yes. into where they were before. He ran off yeah. to deal with the parking situation. Right. And she had to be like, look, calm down down like just right. down you can just we could just sit here yeah because she was like sweating and yeah she was literally like it's okay breathe like just breathe you now yeah relax no need to be frantic yeah it's okay <sighs> so My like goodness. never never kind of got out of that headspace of like you know what does he want 
And exactly. What does he need? And right. He best serve everybody without without getting trampled on, basically. Right. It's like he wanted to keep everybody happy mm-hmm. and he wasn't considering his own feelings even, which mm-hmm. he doesn't realize is like negatively impacting everyone else, especially yeah. Ki Jong. So mm-hmm. yeah, hot mess. Um, the only other thing is that this show is so slow. Girl, let's it, talk about it. So it was yeah. 16 oh, episodes. Oh my gosh. Why? <laughs> Why was um, it 16 episodes long? It's 16 episodes and it feels like 35. <laughs> For some, I when I went to like rewatch some stuff, I was like, there's 20 episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like I said at the start of the episode of this review, like nothing much happens. Yeah. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm making faces, but it really should have been like 12 at the yeah. most. Yeah. Because like you said, the show, we've talked about a lot of different things, but the, sh- the nothing really happens in this show. Right. So <laughs> it's like, you're, you're literally just watching them get like, up. Tell me how the mom, day. so the mom dies in like episode 13. Tell yes. me how, how we have three more episodes after that. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And even when I was like skimming through the show, I was like, there's like nothing happening here. Like there's just nothing. Like they're just like, sitting going, around and she's yeah, getting literally hustled at around. work. And yeah, you know, they're commuting for three hours every day. And yeah. the dad is giving them the silent treatment. And exactly. oh, the brother wants a car. And yeah, Mr. Goo is eating in the corner silently. And <laughs> They're farming on the weekends. And like, I'm telling you, it is like nothing is happening. Nothing at all. It's like, it's like the slowest slice of life I've ever watched. Super slow. It's, and it's kind of like, I always have like rewatchability is like one of my things that are like, how are you watchable as a show? Even though I've never rewatched anything, but like, it's important. Same. I'm like, I, yeah, because like, I still want to like, if I, but if I did. Would you know? Would I want to? And honestly, like this is a zero. This show has no rewatchability. No, like, no. and I think it's a fantastic show, but zero I don't think I could sit through it. No, again. No, I was I was only sitting through it because I was watching it as it was airing, mm-hmm. and so I could watch other things during the week. Right. right. This is not a bingeable show. It's not a binge. By any you stretch. have to watch it week by week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a binge. It's not a binge. So that's a major complaint too, is that it's just so dang long. Yeah. Yeah. It For moved what? at a snail's pace. For what? And, yeah. Cause like it wasn't until I was like going through the whole show and I was like, hmm, wow, like nothing is happening. <laughs> and I didn't realize it at the time because I was watching it in real time. It but all nothing was happening. <laughs> yes. Oh goodness! No yeah, wonder that's... we're like hoodwinked in episode thirteen when they did the right. like, clever editing and we got a time. Right, and we're like, right, what? Whoa, what happened? Because <laughs> it's like the first time something happened. They did something and we were surprised. Exactly. Oh man, yeah, that's okay. like my only thing. It's yeah, yeah it's I I, ha- I had that in the back of my head too. I was like, this show is long, <laughs> too long. Yes. The things we do. <laughs> Honestly, the things we do. The things we do. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Now on to ratings. Jess, what do you rate my liberation notes? I would probably rate it a four out of five. 
mm-hmm. with a rewatchability of zero out of five. <laughs> yes, yes. One time only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Single use only. <laughs> yes, yes. I 1000% agree. I give it a four, four out of five as well. Zero rewatchability, though. It's kind of like you have to, you just have to be there mm-hmm. um, and watch it as it was airing. But I do think that it's a fantastic show. It's, I think it's very special because it's, I've never seen, even up until now, anything like it. It's yeah. very different. Um, and I like the commentary it provides on like mental health and like purpose and joy and, and love and all those things. So it made it a very engaging, thought provoking mm-hmm. watch. It definitely makes you think, but. I couldn't sit through it again, no. but I appreciate it so much. <laughs> I I do. I do too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Time for lessons learned. We're yes. almost done. I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. Look, what was okay. your takeaway? So my, my takeaway notes. My takeaway is don't do life alone. Mm-hmm. Find your tribe. And be honest with yourself. Like, what are you trying to liberate yourself from? And, like, work toward it. And that's it. (laughs) I love that so much. That's so good. I love it. Um, Mine was, if there's something about your life that you're unhappy with, change it. Try something new. Doing the same thing over and over won't make a difference. Choose joy. That's my takeaway. I love that. Choose joy. Mm -hmm. Because it's a choice. Joy is one people think like joy choice. just falls in your lap. No, you have to choose it, especially yeah. because life isn't always going to be wonderful and mm-hmm. things are going to mm-hmm. happen. But like, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yeah, amen. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> but yes, Jess, thank you so so <gasps> much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your flexibility, and I appreciate you still inviting me on this show because I'm I talk a lot <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, we talked a lot about the show, but it was so much to cover. Not, so much I know that cover. we were joking that nothing happened, which nothing <laughs> did happen, but there was a lot of dialogue. It's a dialogue heavy show. Yes. And so there was a lot for us to talk about in the yes. end. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I'm, you're always welcome. I love having you on. And yeah, I'm just, ha- I'm even with a show like My Liberation Notes, I'm glad we were able to laugh through it. So that was really fun. True. <laughs> true. This was not like as heavy as the show is. Right. We're moving so, way yeah. faster than the show as well. So. Right. Yeah. If you haven't watched the show, like, yeah, we're, you're not going to be laughing. But, no. you know, it's like definitely watch it. If you, I mean, it's not for everyone. But if like Slice of Life Melancholy is your thing, like this would definitely be right down your alley. Yeah, you definitely have to be in the it. mood to watch it. Yes. Yes. And it's fall now. So perhaps this is a good it time fits. to start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.